I am Cheryl Witten, and this is The Aromatherapist, where we discover the superpower of plants. This episode is brought to you by the brand new ebook, Diffusing for Beginners. I created this ebook because there's so much confusion around aromatherapy and diffusing, and so much discussion and so much debating about what is safe. This ebook breaks down the mechanism of smell, the real dangers in your home from synthetic scents, and explains how aromatherapy can actually transform your home and space into a clean and natural haven. Discover the safety considerations around certain conditions like epilepsy, asthma, children, how to diffuse around pets, and more. Experiment with 48 different all-season diffuser blends. Diffusing for Beginners is available now on Kindle. Hello everyone, welcome back to the show. So hydrosols are a part of aromatherapy that are rarely discussed. And I think that these are some of our unsung heroes in the practice. And so I just want to talk a little bit about them today. There's an aromatherapist and herbalist named Kathy Skipper who says that hydrosols are the quiet revolution in plant medicine, which I think is a very poignant statement. So hydrosols are an excellent part of aromatherapy and are a very gentle way to use botanicals. And so if you haven't heard of hydrosols before, you might be surprised to know that the rose water that you use or the witch hazel that you use as a toner on your skin is actually technically a hydrosol, though it may not actually be, and we'll get into that in a minute. Many people are not aware that they are using hydrosols. So what exactly is a hydrosol? It is a byproduct of the distillation process of essential oils. So essential oils are either steam distilled or cold pressed in the case of citrus fruits. And there are actually many forms of distillation, but these two forms produce that technical essential oil. In the steam distillation process, raw material is placed into a boiler or sometimes called a cooker. And the plant material is boiled and the steam is collected and then it is condensed. When that process is finished, the essential oil sits on top of the water in a collection container. The essential oil is pulled off and bottled. It's actually usually tested first, but then it's bottled. And what's left over is called the distillate or the water. This water is the hydrosol. So the water is not the essential oil. It contains traces of the plant's hydrophilic or water-loving constituents but it's actually the water that's left over from that distillation process. Sometimes this is called a floral water as well. The hydrosol will usually contain the same constituents as the essential oil, but at far less amounts. And actually usually only about 0.05% of the total hydrosol, the total water actually has compounds in it. So 0.05% of the total hydrosol is made up of constituents. The constituents dissolve into this watery medium because they are partially soluble in in water and love water, where essential oils are actually soluble in lipids or fat. Hydrosols are most often used as a facial toner in the commercial world, and probably what you're most often familiar with, like witch hazel, for example. But hydrosols actually are more than just toners. They actually have excellent therapeutic effects. Because they only contain trace amounts of the constituents, they're a much gentler product than the essential oil, which may be why Kathy Skipper talks about it being this quiet revolution. This gentle product then makes it excellent to use on children. Most often they're used for skin concerns. 
sunburns, minor burns, diaper rash, windburn, bug bites, eczema, acne, dandruff, basically any skin condition you can think of and as well as many other things. So often the essential oil that you would use in the case of like a burn or a diaper rash or a bug bite is the same hydrosol you would use. So for example, you have a minor sunburn and you would choose lavender, you would also choose lavender hydrosol. So these are great for people who have highly sensitive skin and need something a little bit gentler and also perfect for children, as I said, as well as pets. A lot of good can come from using hydrosols on children because they are so gentle. Because hydrosols are water-based, they're actually excellent as well to add in the bath. So it's not going to just sit on the top of the water. It's actually going to mix in to use in DIY and personal care products, laundry products. You can actually cook with hydrosols. You can use them diluted in salt water for a saline solution for, say, a throat gargle or a neti pot. How it's used and the amount used will vary according to the concern, but using them in products is often easier than using an essential oil because they blend better. They don't require the dilution with carrier oils or something to help it get emulsified. Uh, Because it's water-based, it will just naturally blend better. Because of their great use for the skin, then most people often assume that hydrocells are only for the skin. That is the primary use, but it's not the only use. And we use them for many, many different things. But they actually also get used as a therapeutic dietary product or supplement for children. Because it's basically water with trace amounts of constituents, it's quite safe to use and some would argue safer than children ingesting straight essential oil. So should you just go out and buy rose water or floral water and give it to your kid for consumption? Obviously not. And I would argue you shouldn't really use those for skincare remedies either or any kind of remedy because there are some things you need to know about hydrosols and commercial products. So the first thing is that many commercial products contain additives and preservatives. These are not meant for consumption. If it has alcohol in it or any type of other ingredient, it's not a hydrosol. Witch hazel, for example, often has alcohol and vitamin E and other kinds of preservatives in it as well. This should not be used for consumption or hydrosol therapy or remedy use. The second thing is that most commercial products are actually nothing more than a drop of a synthetic constituent or a drop of a synthetic essential oil added to water. So essential oil with tap water is not a hydrosol. It is possible to find a hydrosol that does in fact come from a plant because distillate is sold in the perfume industry. And actually this industry is quite good at putting waste and byproducts of the process, the distillation process, to good use for sustainable practices. So they're actually quite good at selling these things and making use of them. But it's imperative, again, to understand where it comes from. If there's been any kind of rectification or components are being removed during the distillation process, that is a manipulated product and the hydrosol will then also be manipulated. So you might have a different type of product, you might have a different quality, uh, so it's going to be a manipulated end result. And the last thing to know is that the quality of the plant, how it was grown, where it was grown, when it was harvested, how it was distilled will affect the hydrosol as well. So sometimes you'll hear people say that you can actually just make your own hydrosol. And this is true, but there are actually a number of considerations here also. You can definitely make a hydrosol in the kitchen. But as I said earlier, you can't just add essential oil to water and call it a hydrosol. 
First, essential oil doesn't dissolve in water. So it's not at all the same thing. Your oil, your essential oil will just sit on top of the water. So it's not actually in the water at all. It's a completely different process. Second, hydrosols are very sensitive products. They have a very specific pH and are very susceptible to microbial contamination. So if your area is not critically sanitary, you can end up with a problematic solution. Your end product might be contaminated. So how do you make one? Well, instead of adding essential oil to water, you actually need to have that raw plant material and you need to boil it. So if you want to make sandalwood hydrosol, for example, you actually need some authentic sandalwood to boil. It involves this process of like, you know, boiling the material in a pot of hot water and then having some bowls in there and some ice cubes so that you can collect steam. And it's kind of a bit tricky to do, but it can be done. Your storage bottles also need to be carefully sterilized and everything you use needs to be carefully sterilized. Don't touch the bottles and lid openings with your hands as that will actually alter the pH. But also you have microbes on your hands so that can get into the hydrosol. And because it's water-based, when you have water, then you have that opportunity for mold growth, all kinds of microbial growth. So you have to be so careful with it. Once you have it, it should be stored in the fridge. Some people say use it within two weeks, but the general consensus is that a well-made, properly prepared, properly stored homemade hydrosol usually can last you about six months. Something that's commercialized is going to give you about one year. Okay, so great. You have this hydrosol or you found a really high quality hydrosol. How do you even use it? What do you do with it? So let's talk about a few different ways. I could, I could give you a list that goes on and on, but let's just talk about a few things. So we can take a compress soaked with lavender hydrosol, and that can be applied to things like sunburns, rashes, eczema, diaper rash, for example. Chamomile hydrosol can be consumed for a sleep aid or as a nerve tonic to calm the nerves. So it's kind of similar to drinking chamomile tea. Peppermint hydrosol can be applied or consumed for headaches. You can add about a teaspoon of lavender hydrosol to baby bath water, a teaspoon for children, and up to a cup for a full adult bath. And that will help you have a nice relaxing, calming, stress-relieving, sleep-promoting bath. You can dilute one part oregano hydrosol with four parts salt water for a nice throat gargle. So that's going to, you know, take care of any microbes in the throat. You could use a tea tree hydrosol for acne or for a fungal foot wash or hair wash for dandruff or lice. Some people use cornflower hydrosol as eye drops for soothing dry eyes. You could add rose hydrosol to your facial steam or to your clay mask. I mean, we can go on and on here. And there's just so many ways to use hydrosols. And because they're water-based, that gives us so many other applications. But as with anything, there are some safety precautions and practical considerations. So let's talk a few things. First, as I said, make sure you store your hydrosol in the fridge. This will extend the shelf life. The next thing is when the pH balance is altered or a microbial problem breaks out in your hydrosol, a white substance like thread-like substance will bloom across it. So this is when it's time to stop using it. Make sure your hydrosols are in clear bottles so that you can watch for this sign. Don't touch the spray mechanism if your hydrosol has a spray tip on it. Don't touch the lids or the top of your hydrosol bottles with your hands because this will alter the pH. 
Authentic hydrosols are very, very sensitive, so make sure not to contaminate them with the microbes on your skin. And make sure to properly close the lids and seal them up as well. Like essential oils, they're gonna be sensitive to that heat, light, and oxygen, and this will cause your hydrosol to bloom faster. In terms of safety, if you decide to use hydrosols for consumption, I suggest checking with a professional aromatherapist first to look for drug interactions and contraindications. This is going to be especially important for anyone who's on medications or who has a disease and especially for children. Typically, we recommend diluting the hydrosol for ingestion. And the standard dilution rate here is two tablespoons in one liter of water. I kind of find this to be really quite safe. I think that if you're drinking herbal tea, you're probably getting more constituents in tea than you would be from a hydrosol in that much water. So to me, that's really, really, really safe. So why would you drink a hydrosol? Well, things like fennel or peppermint or orange or ginger hydrosol will be soothing for indigestion, nausea, constipation, that kind of thing. Any gas or cramping, those will be times that you would drink that. Some experts advise not to give peppermint hydrosol internally to children under three. For me, I often ask parents if they would give their three-year-old or under child cooled peppermint tea. And if the answer is no, then don't give them peppermint hydrosol either. Do not consume commercial level cosmetic products. And please, please, please don't use them as remedies either. And this is going to be because of those extra ingredients and preservatives and other kinds of things in there that you should not be consuming. Those are only meant to be put on the skin. So just because it says hydrosol on it, or if it says floral water on it, does not mean that it's a good quality product. Some hydrosols are going to be contraindicated in certain instances. So the peppermint, for example, but also things like a windburn, certain hydrosols may not be appropriate as it may be more irritating than helpful. The list can be a bit long for contraindications, so we'll just have to go hydrosol by hydrosol and we'll do some profile episodes that can clarify that up for you. So how do you tell which kind of product to buy then? So here's a couple of tips. If it says floral water on it, it's probably not authentic. It's probably just going to be essential oils or more often than not fake essential oils or adulterated essential oils added to tap water. Don't waste your money. That's not a hydrosol. Look for an actual authentic hydrosol. This is a high quality distilled product, pure, undiluted, with no additives. That's what you want. So you need to ensure that it comes from a company who specializes in essential oils and distillation, who has been in business a long time. These are the guys that are going to know what's happening. They're going to understand essential oils. They're going to understand distillation. They're going to have the science libraries. They're going to have the partnerships with farmers. If they own their own farms, that's actually the best thing. But these should be organic. They should be non-GMO. They should have sustainable uh, practices. And that goes for the essential oil itself too, not just the hydrosol, both things. And the reality is, guys, I'm sorry to say, but these brand new baby companies just can't compete with that level of knowledge and experience. So if they just started adding essential oils to their product roster because it's trendy, or if it's a commercial product, then I would be careful about what you're buying. The main point here is you want to work with people who know what they're doing, who are producing authentic products and that are high quality, especially if you're going to be ingesting something. You do not want to use commercialized products. You just, that's dangerous. 
If you're going to make your own hydrosols, then make sure you're producing or growing organic plants from organic seeds, non-GMO seeds, in organic, uncontaminated soil with good nutrients, pure water. Or if you're going to purchase plants, purchase organic, fair trade, sustainably produced raw material. And if you're growing things, then let's please research how and when to harvest. This will change the level of compounds in the plant and change its therapeutic effects in the end. All right, I digress. Y'all know how much I rant about this stuff. It's just that important. I can't help it, friends. Anyway, bottom line, we love hydrosols. I love hydrosols. I use them in my clinic and with my kids. They're beautiful products to add to your remedy cabinet. If at any time you're confused or you need a little bit of guidance on like what to use and when, reach out to me for consultation and I can help you figure out whatever you need. I also have a link in the show notes about some great books that I recommend from some of the experts in the industry that can help you clearly identify which products to use. So go and check that out as well. All right, friends, that's it on our hydrosols for today. And in the meantime, experiment with your oils and your hydrosols and discover the superpower of plants for yourself. All right, beautiful people. Thank you so much for listening today. If you feel so inclined, please subscribe, rate, and review this show. For show notes and more information on essential oils, please visit livelovelemon.com forward slash podcast. And we love to know what you're up to and how you're using your essential oils. So head over to Instagram and find us at the Aromatherapist Podcast. My name is Cheryl Witten, and I am your aromatherapist. We have to share with you this obligatory disclaimer. Information in this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a replacement for medical advice or for professional aromatherapy consultation. If you need medical care, please visit your physician. Speak to your primary care provider, pharmacist, and a qualified aromatherapist before commencing any programs.